Alrighty. It is exactly six minutes. My eyes are bad. Six minutes, zero, six, oh, one and 44 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> on the Radio Free Brooklyn clock. Which means only one thing. That you are about to start listening to Sitting with Jan Luca here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Um, uh, sitting with me today is rock photographer Guy Apple. I would have to say top rock photographer guy apple we're gonna exactly so so um we are going to talk uh over the next hour exactly about what music photography means and what it is especially in the day of in today's day when there are photographs everywhere everyone that has a favorite band has seen 3,000 photographs of their favorite band there was a time before the internet um of which i am a part of when if you had a favorite band you were lucky if you saw six photographs. I'm not joking. You might have seen an LP cover. You might have seen a fanzine photograph. And if they were hot enough, you might have seen them in the New Musical Express or Rolling Stone or something. But you had no idea what the band looked like. Um, uh, I used to go and see gigs uh, w without having a clue what bands look like i remember seeing my first bluegrass gig and my 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 main takeaway with that was that they were all standing up somehow i thought they would all be sitting down those was the days that i am talking about and guy apple who will be sitting with me for the next hour is comes was one of the people that really brought bands to people's attention um and uh, and showed what bands looked like. And essentially the the essence of that band. So we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be playing a uh, a lot of music of, of some of the photographs that Guy has, um, has uh, photographed. And uh, we're going to be playing some music. There will be a few mistakes because I'm Spotify, uh, Yahoo'd up and all this business. So told you that to tell you this. Uh, Guy, thank you for joining me. You're most welcome. It's <laughs> great you. to be here. Thank you, Guy. Thank you for sitting me. You're our most welcome too. Um, I guess in the interest of full disclosure, um, we should probably uh, say how we... Well, I should probably say how we met because uh, I'm rather talkative. Um, but um, we met... Uh, so I contribute to Mojo Magazine in the UK from time to time. I got a phone call to go out with Billy Bragg and Joe Henry, who were doing a tour at the time. They'd just uh, done, a, done, a, done a record at the time. And they said, we're going to pair you together with this uh, photographer called Guy Apple. And I thought, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, uh, and, and I met Guy and we spent two wonderful days together. Did we not? We did. I still relive those days. We uh, we did. We went uh, New York and Boston. Um, and it was wonderful. And I learned actually a lot about what um, rock and roll photographers do. Um, and I'm going to actually just start playing a couple of songs just to ease into the conversation. I'm going to play a very heavy song by um, by Joe Henry, 
because right now with President Rump, uh, there is a lot of anti-immigration and uh, racist rhetoric. So I'm going to play a song. Uh, so Billy Bragg and Joe Henry did a record together. Um, and I'm going to play a song, the second song, um, because I want to play it secondly because it's quite a heavy song. But I'm going to start light. And I'm going to start by playing Billy Bragg and Joe Henry. And what they did, they toured America on a train. And in between stops, they jumped off and they recorded a song in real time. Field recordings. Field, like, literally field recordings in like six minutes and then jumped off back on the train before it left. Easy gig. <laughs> yes. Uh, ever, uh, yes. Well, good, yeah, good, John, good, good job the trains run kind of almost on time. <laughs> and he could almost figure it out. But I'm going to start just, 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 I'm going to start easily with uh, Billy Bragg and Joan Henry. And, um, and this is a track called The LNN Don't Stop Here Anymore. And here they are. When I was a curly-headed baby Daddy sat me down upon his knee Since son, you go to school and learn your lessons Don't become no dusty minor boy like me Was born and raised in the mouth of the Hazard Harbor with the cold cars rolling and a rumbling past my door Now they stand in a rusty row of empties Garcielle and then Don't stop here anymore Daddy was a black man With scripts enough to buy the company store Now he goes to town with empty pockets And his face is white as February snow Was born and raised in the mouth of the Hazard Harbor Cars roaring and rumbling past my door. Now they stand in a rusty row of empties. Garcia and then don't stop here anymore. Never thought I'd learn to love that cool dust Never thought I'd yearn to hear those tipples roll But how I wish the grass would turn to money And those greenbacks fill my pockets up once more Was born and raised in the mouth of the Hazard Harbor Cars roaring and rumbling past my door 
Now they stand in a rusty row of them chiefs Garciel and them Don't stop here anymore Last night I dreamed I went down to the office To get my paycheck like I'd done before Those coots of were covering up the doorway It was grease and weeds going right up through the floor I was born and raised in the mouth of the Hazard Harbor Cars roaring and rumbling past my door. Now they stand in a rusty row of empties. Garcia and them don't stop here anymore. Yes, Billy Bragg and Joe Henry there recorded in a train station somewhere in the south. Uh, the L and N don't stop here anymore, which is quite appropriate because the L and N was actually a train. And um, I am doing this because sitting with me today, at sitting with Jan Lucas, Guy Apple, rock photographer. I am going to be grilling him exactly what a rock photographer does because in the age of Instagram and Facebook. Who even knows what that means? Uh, but Guy will tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, you Guy. We haven't lost our potency. No, you have not. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to play. Um, I, I, did, I did want to really play on those two days that we were out with Billy Bragg mm -hmm. and Joe Henry. Um, we, I, we shadowed them for two, for two days. Uh, and they were real gents, right? They were. How was your experience with it? It was lovely. I mean, the guys were accommodating and yeah. didn't mind us, but I think we kept in the background yeah. when we needed to. But yeah, um, as musicians or artists you look up to, it's always nice to get that kind of like go ahead and be around us and document mm. and absolutely there were total gents uh joe henry i would have to i have to say is also my favorite producer because he he has recorded uh solomon burke uh he recorded the last alan toussaint record um a musician and an artist that i've played here many times and he is not an engineer he actually just captures the music as it is um so in those two days, the first night we saw them was in New York and he sat at the grand piano and he played this song that devastated me. Um, tears uh, in his eyes. Tears in my eyes, <laughs> actually. <laughs> but um, so, so Willie Mays, I don't know. Um, so Willie Mays was a, um, a black baseball player born in the 30s. Um, and I, so, so his time was the fifties and he broke, uh, many segregation, uh, barriers. He was the, a, um, he was a, um, 
a, a really a figurehead of the civil rights movement. And a very, aside from being a great baseball player, a great hitter. And uh, Joe Henry sat and at the grand piano and wrote and sang this song, which I'm about to play now. And I, I want to play it because it is a Trump era. It's a racist era. It's a xenophobic era. It, it's a horrible era to be living in. And I think it's just very appropriate. Um, Willie Mays, as I said, a champion of civil rights, a figurehead of civil rights, but a very humble one. And Joe Henry wrote this song about Willie Mays in, in a store talking to his wife just about the state of America. I'm getting pimples. I'm getting goose pimples on my arm. It's pathetic. But, uh, but, but I'm going to play this right now. So, so here it is. Uh, this is uh, Joe Henry and, and the track, actually, the real track is called Our Song. And here it is um, uh, sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Scottsdale Home Depot Looking at garage door springs At the far end of the 14th row His wife stood there beside him She was quiet and they both were proud I gave them room but was close enough That I heard him when he said out loud This was my country This was my song Somewhere in the middle there Though it started badly and it's ending wrong This was my country This frightful and this angry land But it's my right if the worst of it might still somehow make me a better man. The sun is unforgiving and there's nobody would choose this town. But we've squandered so much of our goodwill that there's Nowhere else will have us now We push in line at the picture show For cool air and a chance to see A vision of ourselves portrayed as Younger and braver and humble and free This was our was our song somewhere in the middle there though it started badly and it's ending wrong this was our country this frightful and this angry 
habit might still somehow make me a better man. I've started something I can't finish and I barely leave the house, it's true. I keep a wrap on my sores and joints, but yes, I've had my blessings too. I've got my mother's pretty feet and a factory keeps my house in shape. My children, they both been paroled and we get by on the peace we've made I feel safe so far from heaven from towers and their ocean views from here I see the future coming across what soon will be beaches too but that was him I'm almost sure the greatest center fielder of all time Stooped by the burden of endless dreams His and yours and mine He hooked each spring beneath his foot He leaned over, then he stood upright Testing each against his weight for One that had some play and some fight He's just like us, I want to tell him And our needs are small enough Something to slow a heavy dough Something to help us raise one up This was my This was my song Somewhere in the middle there Oh, it started badly and it's ending wrong Well, this was God's country This frightful and this angry land But if it's His will, the worst of it might still Somehow Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Joe Henry singing our song. I fell apart throughout the whole throughout the whole six minutes of that. Man, uh, you should see these goose pimples. I can see them from the other side of the room. You can testify to that, right? Out Guys? of control. I was out of control. I almost cried. That wasn't because you're sitting in front of me, so I felt... But, but my, the goose pimples you saw, this used to be our country. This used to be our land. Oh, my God. Is there never a better song for today than that? 
Can't disagree, mate. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple. I, I've played a couple on this. I try every week to play one. But that song is devastating. Civil rights and, and just uh, 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 a sports hero just humbly talking to his wife saying, you know, this used to be our, our country. Oh God, I get these goose pimples again. All right, you're listening to Sitting with Jan Luca here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. My guest today is Guy Apple, rock photographer and um, and super nice guy and uh, someone who has seen me uh, recently shed a tear and grow goose pimples. So I kind of owe him something. Um, and uh, so anyway, Guy, thank you for sitting with me. I just want to say thank you for sitting. Get close to the mic and thank you for sitting with me. Yeah, thanks. This chair's really comfy. I'm loving it. <laughs> You're liking it. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so, so when did you start? Well, what exactly? Okay, so we're in the age of Insta- Instagram and Facebook where every, everybody's a, a rock photographer, a rock photographer, a photographer. So what is you? What is a rock photographer? What do you try and do? What do I try and do? I try and be in that moment, like fully immersed mm. and not be distracted. It depends. We were talking about live photography or portraits, but. Let, let's start with portraits. Um, I, I'm going to grill you a little bit on live photography a little bit later. Okay. Um, I want to start with portraits because, because I want to. Well, well, first of all, when did you start doing it? I started in 2004. 2004, okay. So just the early days of the internet when there weren't photographs everywhere. Exactly, and a lot of those online forums were popping up around bands that were quite integral Okay. Um, in, in, in terms of finding the show, getting to the show, secret show where it's going to be announced last minute. Um, so almost a bit of a follow-on from those pirate radio days. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, then sharing photos there, and that's actually how I ended up at a magazine. Um, so just name some of the magazines that you've... Well, I was at New Musical Express for a long time. All right. Um, nine, nine and a half years. Okay. So perfect place to cut your teeth and, yeah. and get thrown in at the deep end. And yeah, I'd only been shooting bands um, for probably a year, maybe a slightly over a year before that. And I was just documenting my mates who were in London, indie scene, playing playing shows, and it, it just kind of developed from there. Okay. So organic, very much. So did did you start shooting live or portrait? Live. Live. It was the easiest way because your friends are playing, you're at a show, okay. you've got your camera, and yeah, no one cares. It's it's you know. Well, and I also have to bring up that in 2004, no one had cameras. The cell phone cameras uh, were really early and they were like one pixel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was a... You got to start somewhere. It's like that first hard drive was half a, right? half a megabyte or something. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you actually had a real camera that could actually bring out real photos from the, well, from the audience. You know, it was basic rig stuff. Um, digital cameras were just coming out, digital yeah. SLR cameras, um, and they were expensive at the time. So I, I saved up and got one and just went for it and threw myself into it. You know, six shows a week, one a night, um, maybe two. And you just find that scene and 
suddenly you're in it and people are welcoming and or at least they were in those early 2000s in the indie scene in london um so yeah you felt like you'd found like a kind of a family a friend family and that's how i started doing live stuff and mm. and the ball just rolled from there so what was the uh, and again i i i just want to bring this up again that uh, and it's important pre-internet pre-internet 2.0 at least we never saw pictures of bands if we were i might even repeat this later on but i have to say it's important if you're a fan of any band you you were lucky to have seen six shots of the band you'd seen an lp cover maybe the inner sleeve maybe if they were in a fanzine or if they were in a magazine, maybe. That's about six or so. That's a half a dozen. If you were people like us that were, that were bonkers about music and then like look, troll through mm-hmm. things, we might have seen a dozen. Uh, I saw, dang, I was a Midas fan. I was a Midas fan. I didn't even know. So the guitar player's name was Leo Nocentelli. I thought he was Italian. I didn't even know he was black. I didn't know he was black for for for, for years. <laughs> I mean, I didn't well, why was, would you? Yeah. Well, well, why would I? I had cassette tapes, and I had never seen a photograph of the meters. So they're not the most. They're kind of obscure, anyway. Mm. So there's none of those photos of the meters everywhere. So I just want to keep coming back to that because uh, it's important. So what was the first? Um, portrait band then that you shot first portrait band um or uh, you mentioned baby shambles before yeah i'm just thinking uh, it would have been someone we can play the ep cover for baby shambles uh the blinding okay and that actually was a photo that was taken and then peter liked it and Mm. used it for the artwork um so before i before I even took it, I didn't know where it would end up, but that was kind of gratifying in that sense anyway. So yeah, um, I documented a lot of baby shambles when Peter had kind of been exiled from the Libertines and it was that whole... Let, let, let's just backtrack in case people don't know. Uh, you're talking Peter Doherty, right? My apologies. Peter Doherty, yeah. No apologies necessary. <laughs> so Peter Doherty from the libertines legendary british man from the early 2000s uh who i saw a bunch of times uh and you did too probably um a monumental screw up correct it's at the time one way of looking at it i guess (laughs) well all right well i'm not his priest so i'm not judging um (laughs) but okay so uh, um so the libertines um really important band from the early 2000s uh peter doherty great writer fantastic writer um total total screw up in many chemically and and just but 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 a real uh, uh so anyway i just wanted to yeah he to indulged he indulged in everything um but came up with the goods so i'm doing the background on that now it's over to you guy apple go for it what well, happened how did you get Hooked up with Baby Shambles. And how did you get on with them? Actually, Baby Shambles, by the way, I have to say, was this, the band after the Libertines. When the Libertines broke up, right? Baby Shambles was Pete Doherty's... Side project side of sorts. Pro- but, overlapping side project, yeah. whatever, yeah. That grew into more. But um, I guess I should 
give it props to Andrew Kendall, who was a also an enemy photographer and had very closely documented those really early libertine days and uh through our our paths crossed through documenting the same scene and uh so yeah he took me under his wing a bit because i was new and he'd been doing it and was very talented and yeah we were just out and about and then those introductions happened and you got that access if you got that trust and it was just show after show and how was how was the photo session with uh baby shambles and pete doherty well how was he uh like super interesting in terms of like wow here's like someone really obviously iconic and talented and has a throng of people just around him at all times Mm -hmm. wanting to get close so in that small group it was always from a somewhat of a distance that i would be documenting um aware of like doing the fly on the wall kind of style and then getting those really personal images at the same time was kind of like my mo at that point until i grew to know those guys better oh so so were you were you around baby shambles for a while yeah until i moved to america in 2007 Mm. so basically 2004 five onwards so not a huge amount of time looking back but enough to have formative like important moments together that were captured but um yeah there's probably other people who have been shooting them for longer and Mm. have a lovely archive too but uh yeah mine was kind of short and sweet but packed in a lot uh well we're gonna play some baby shambles actually you've picked a track uh for us to play I still want to know, though, how Pete Doherty was. I mean, was he particularly screwed up? I mean, he had a, a billion hanger, hangers on, uh, feeding him whatever he wanted to be fed. Is that what the scene was? It was, honestly, it went through phases. There was, like, the car crash phase that was bad, and there was those people who were, like, literally waiting to see him kind of die in front of them. Mm. And... Then there was always that core group of real friends who were there trying to support. Um, but, you know, anyone with addiction, they have to get there mm. off their own accord. Um, but, yeah, it was very intimate. And like I say, there was that core group and it, it was like a little family. So if you were in it, you were there and that was it. It was like no kind of questions asked. But, um, yeah, he was running around doing his thing and there was the paparazzi chasing him. And it, it was it was crazy especially looking back and and now seeing him back in the libertines and they're playing these very professional slick shows whereas in baby shambles it was riots and i mean i remember at this story one time where he didn't show up the kids have been waiting for hours it literally turned into a full-blown riot and people's heads were getting busted open the security didn't have to deal with it it was it was mayhem yeah, because they're almost sober, I think, these days. Uh, I saw the Libertines back in the early 2000s, and they were not sober shows at all. Right, man. You never really knew. What well, we was. were young, and, you know. Well, yes, when, when everyone was young. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let's play that here at Sitting with Jan Luke, and my guest sitting with me today, Guy Apple. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. It's about, uh, what time is it? What is it? 6.30, right? So let's play some Libertine. Uh, no, not Libertine, some Baby, no, baby Shambles. So, so wait, you shot this EP cover, right? 
I of, did. Of, of the track that we're going to play? Uh, no, this was in between. It was um, right after. All right. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I'm not no, no, it's the same era. We, we at Radio Free Brooklyn do not judge. It was 2006. It was 2006. It's Baby Shambles, uh, written, uh, uh, led and written by the uh, shambolic Pete Doherty here at Sitting with Jan Luca at Radio Free Brooklyn. Fantastic, my God. Uh, uh, baby Shambles, um, as selected by my guest, Guy Apple here at Sitting with Jan Luca, Radio Free Brooklyn. Just before we carry on, though, this conversation, I have to say one thing. 
in case you've just tuned in, you are about halfway through sitting with Jan Luca here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Sitting with me is rock photographer Guy Apple. Hello. Hello. Um, uh, I also have to say that we are also Radio Free uh, Brokeline. <laughs> <laughs> which means we have no money we are really dependent Give big us time money. yeah no well kind of we're really dependent on you the listener to um listen there's nothing too small not, certainly nothing too big um if you go to the rooker uh, radiofreebrooklyn.org uh website there's donate buttons um etc and um Every single penny that you drop in the bucket, we squeeze till it is transparent. <laughs> we really do. Um, we also fund uh, teen programs, uh, teen, teen media literacy programs with Community Station. Um, we also love you. Um, we also understand if you have no money and if you don't, Please hit a like, hit a link, share an Instagram, share a Facebook, whatever is out there. We really need your help. Um, also, I should say, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, Jan Luca, what is it? Sitting with GT at, no, sitting with GT, Instagram. There you go. Simplify. Uh, I, Simplify, yeah. I'm going to give guys out a little bit later because he has a very cool photography show in a minute. Um, also, if you want to do a podcast, if you have a podcast in your brain that you want to get out, we will do that for you here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, get in touch with us. You know the website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Um, we will put you in a studio with an engineer, produce it for you, edit it for you, and distribute it for you. So if that's rolling around in your brain, get in touch. Uh, and there you go. I'm after that begging for money part. I'm going to get back to Guy Apple, my guest here at Sitting with Jan Luca, because Guy Apple just happened to be sitting with me right here. And thank you, Guy, by the way, for sitting with me. I'm going to try and pull up uh, a, a couple of songs we can play. Um, but but what I want to ask you as a photographer, yeah. and again, everyone's got a camera. When you see shows, you just see forests of cell phones. I can take a picture. My grandmother can take a picture. She can. She see. can. She can. She takes very bad ones, but she can. Um, whenever I go and see a gig, there's uh, I see 500 people that are taking pictures. So what is it? What is it that you, what makes you different? Like, what is it that you're trying to capture that other people, I guess I'm talking about life photography, maybe. Well, mm. honestly, for both, this question kind of works. But okay, it, for me, it was the off moment. Like you just said, there's a crew of photographers representing whomever. And you want to find a way to stand out. That's either stylistically how you produce your images and how they look uh, entwined with that. I, I would always go for that off moment, like between a song when the actual music's not even playing and someone is like lost in their thoughts, the front man, the guitarist, whoever. And mm. is that they're lost in some thought pattern and you capture that and it, it, it would feel special and hopefully that would reflect in the image. But I guess that's where I started looking for the off moment. 
I also dance to the offbeat, so uh, maybe there's mm-hmm. a pattern there. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> two left feet, yeah. I no, 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 no. Just I sympathise. <laughs> there's the offbeat, but um, yeah. Um, and then with portraits, for example, um, that can be a tricky one because depending on the artist and how much time they've given you and the entity you're shooting for. It, it can be like a quick, quick thing, or it, it can be a bit longer. But the key is to get on a level with that subject as quickly as you can. So hopefully it, your personality is the thing that's bringing something beautiful out in them as much as they are an amazing artist themselves. Ah, okay. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you there because um, that's music. That you, 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 we started with a live photography. And now I'm going to like switch into portrait photography, which you've done a lot of. Um, when you're taking a portrait photography, now I can take pictures of people. Again, my grandmother can take pictures of people. Uh, we're not Guy Apples. So what is different about, like, what are you, uh, are, are you a psychologist? Are you trying to find anything in, in your subjects? Are you trying to bring anything? I mean, anyone could take a good picture. But are you trying to do more than that? Are you trying to bring out a personality? Uh, listen, yeah and no. I mean, for me and my style of photography, there is a DIY kind of aesthetic to it. So I like the fact that someone could relate to it and feel like they might have been able to take that. But that's the thing. Getting from that thought to the actual process is mm. way different. Um, and each artist is different. So we've talked about this before. It's like, getting to know someone in a short amount of time and like being their friend for that photo session or that feature you're on. Um, and, and seeing what you can bring out different into them from previous shoots that you've seen. But it's something that just happens in that moment. It's very in the moment. It's not something you can lay out a plan for too much for our head. I don't anyway. I like to get in that moment, figure the person out, get on a level like i said and it, it will unravel and it, you'll you'll end up there like there's a mantra saying it will be fine because it's you- no yeah yeah but i'm i'm still gonna like poke you in the chest with this question um uh i i don't even know how to ask this question but i'm just gonna like fumble around with it and it will fall out when you're meeting an artist you might interpret them as being, I don't know, tortured, angry, pissed sure. off, uh, happy, um, optimistic. Is that what you're trying to capture if you see that? No, again, again I, I presume you're not just trying to take a nice picture. No, honestly, I, can do that. I would try and get the opposite of what you've just described that person ah. as being known for or something removed from that. Okay. Then to me, that would be like job done. You've, you've shown them in a different light and they might not even have known that was, uh, that they were even reacting that way or acting that way. But yeah. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you then uh, this again. Uh, yes. I love that. Uh, and just to make sure that I understood that mm-hmm. um, when I see those sixties photographs that everybody knows about, you know, the Jimi Hendrix of Woodstock with the white strat, um, sure. The photographs that, f- frankly, tickle me 
and really mean a lot for me <laughs> when he's drinking a cup of tea. Sure. Um, and is that sort of what you're trying to bring out? Yeah, well, like we say, we're talking about so many different arts here. If we narrow it down to a certain individual, it's easier to give you an answer to that question. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I shot Alan Vega of Suicide. Ah, okay. And uh, he was coming towards the end of his days, rest in peace. Um, but we didn't know that at the time, apart from the fact that he was elderly. Um, well, well, how did he die? Let, let, let's just clear that up so that... Oh, it was, a, it was old age, natural causes, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that he, old. He was, he was 84. Oh, he was? Oh, excuse me. He was okay. a lot, he was about 10 years okay. older than his yeah. uh, contemporaries. Right. I took 10 years off for good behavior, but there, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that was a real honor. And we shot it in his apartment in Manhattan and it was just me and him um, and he was elderly and it was obvious but he hadn't had a photo shoot in a long time and yeah we sat down and we did have time on this shoot so it was like talking to your uncle or something and I just picked his brain about New York in the 70s an era that I love mm -hmm. and fascinates me so over time I was able to get a few different like varieties of his because initially he was like giving me playing to the camera whereas i i kind of didn't want that um but he's so he was so cool looking anyway back in the old days when you look at the black and white photos sure. um but yeah the new york knicks were actually doing well for once and he was over the moon so i remember after the shoot i just stayed with him and watched a bit of the baseball until his girlfriend or wife came back but um yeah, he was very giving. So it's interesting that certain artists of certain ages will be like short with their time. And he had lots of time, even though he didn't have a lot of time left. But he gave me a really good chunk and very thankful for that. Um, I mean, how is that different from other shots that you did? I mean, could, do you think you bonded for a minute? Yeah, you know, I don't. I think, yeah, we did for sure during that shoot, but. I can't say that he like would have thought of me much more after that. Maybe yeah. he saw the photos and liked them and that's always pleasing. But yeah, if you know, I have people my age who are musicians that we're obviously friends with, but do, how do you become friends with Alan Vega? <laughs> if you're not. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But, um, no, but, but, but certain photographers, um, uh, but certain artists. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, we should just play some Alan Vega. We should. So people it's know so good. Who but... we're talking about. <laughs> Here's Alan Vega. And sitting with Jan Luca here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Sitting with me is rock photographer Guy Epal. And uh, here's uh, Alan Vega, Ghost Rider, coming right up.
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that play in the background because we are running out of time. It's 6.51-ish here at the RadioFreeBrooklyn.org clock. You are listening to Sitting with Jan Luca. Sitting with me is rock photographer Guy Eppel. Hi. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, thanks for sitting with me, by the way. We haven't got that much time, so we're going to have to talk fast. Okay, so, okay. So, <laughs> not that fast. We're all right. But we can let Alan Vega play in the background. Um, but... Um, so the secret when you are doing backstage photographies, portrait mm-hmm. photographies, um, there's a certain. Now I'm a journalist, uh, so my uh, job is. I mean, I happen to be a five foot three and a third white dude with always an round accent. up, always round up, <laughs> always round. I happen to be a five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, um, and the secret to my job really is is uh, to be, uh, but but sometimes I can be a fourteen year old black girl, and sometimes I can be a, a six foot tall lacrosse player or ice hockey player, and, and I and that's kind of part of my um, of of because anyone can write and anyone can be a journalist, but that's kind of the secret of mine. And I just wondered as a, as a photographer. Um, what your aside from the technical mm-hmm. ways of taking again, anyone can take a picture. What is the art of being a photographer of of oh, how, of catching those moments? It's invisibility, and luckily I got um, my invisibility cloak handed down to me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I just put that on. Okay, and uh, Bob's your uncle. No, it's. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that easy. It's that fly oh, on the wall. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. give me one and I'll, and I'll yeah, You can you. lend it. You can lend it. Cool. All right. Just dry clean it before returning. <laughs> um, no, it, invisibility to a certain degree and blending in with your surroundings and, um, you know, not being necessarily that David Bailey or someone who's like right in front of you and it's like, yeah. right, act to the camera now. For me, it's like, yeah, 
the reportage side of it and it's fun and you kind of you can be forgotten about in that essence because you know you're carrying a camera that's fairly big and I'm fairly big and uh, green rooms can be small but yeah I think again that comes back around to certain bands that you had that acceptance with but if you just met a band and you're on assignment it's hard and you got you got to just get in it when you can and grab seize those moments that you see and not worry so much if you're like treading on toes but because you know you've been given that certain amount of time but yeah fading into the background mm-hmm. and just letting them be and let, being least intrusive as possible but still trying to get that magic moment um we're gonna uh, run out of time soon if you have just to, well first of all you've got a, a gallery show coming up haven't you come on I do. I'm very, very excited about it. You are actually a real photographer. You're not just a mate. So go on. What's going on? Um, Well, speak now for or forever hold your peace. Thursday, 26th September at 7 p.m. I have an opening at the Morrison Hotel Gallery, Prince Street, Manhattan. And the subject is Adam Green, the amazing, bodacious, just brilliant artist, musician, filmmaker, like all around good guy, just enigmatic creature that i love um has <laughs> um we have a show um on him and it's the 10-year anniversary of his minor love record so the tour and building the, the record cover so it's all, all that era so going back in time okay um website instagram yeah what, website. how do people find out it's my name guy apple that's dot com, mm-hmm. and same for all my social media and okay we should shout out yours too, so people know. Yeah, well, I mean, I should say if uh, you have just tuned in, you have just missed sitting <laughs> with Chad Luca here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Sitting with me has been rock photographer, veteran rock photographer. Oh, yeah. I must say, have had that uh, guy Apple E double P E double L right? If single L. Look, single L. Okay. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I love people getting to, in touch with me. Uh, my Instagram is sitting with GT like gin and tonic sitting with GT. Uh, we are going to play out now. Um, Sammy takes a mic is coming up in about four minutes, which leaves us just enough time to play uh, to ask guy who has photographed the great, the good and the famous and the uber famous. Like mm-hmm. what is a new band right now that we can play out with? Introduce them, big them up. It's, oh, tell us why we should like it's it. It's got to be band. this band Fontaine's DC. They're from Dublin, Ireland. Mm hmm. And they are very Joy Division-esque. I saw them for work uh, recently, which you'll be able to see in Q Magazine next month. But they are Q amazing. Magazine from England, I should That's the say. one. Yeah, yeah. Internationally sold, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're brilliant. If you like a big punk sweaty show, and uh, you got to check them out. The, yeah, the live show is incredible. They sound great and enjoy it. Okay. Fontaine's DC. That's what we're going to play out with right now. I'm going to hit play. We're yes, good. Please. All right, here we go.
Fleisch von der Confession. The angry streets they twisted up and mellowed with the laughter. Anyway, I thought you burn the rags in some kind of primal fear. Now the night is blue and red and they're tearing down the plaster. available and there is no connection available and there is